0: Randall Banter Podcast, Larry and Duff. I am uh, I'm dry, I'm itchy, I got chapped lips. What's going on, Duff? How are you?
1: How's it going there?
0: Fresh back from Las Vegas.
1: Are you fresh? or?
0: I'm not fresh. I'm itchy, I'm dry, have dry skin, chapped lips. How hot was it there? Um, the highs were like low 70s, but in that yeah. night it would get down to like the upper 40s. Okay. Oh. It, was, it was It was beautiful. Just nice. dry. Just really, really dry. Hey, we'll get into it, that yeah. in a little bit. Um, so you, you know, so we've heard the story about the uh, Duff going hunting. Yep. Uh, it's been a year. Yep. Ben, made the, uh, yep. ben, ben made the Duff hunt
1: shirt. Ben made the Duff hunt shirt. Tiff made the koozies. Yep. yep. With a raccoon skin hat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've definitely heard an, an earful on multiple occasions. You sure so. have.
0: The hunting continues.
1: Yes, year number two. So you me. went
0: you went on a trip.
1: Yep, same place as last year. Almost the same kind of same group. Stayed Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Left Sunday. Got a couple uh, sessions in the stand in the tree stand. So just went back again. It um, was actually a lot more action this year, which was good. So tell more, me, like,
0: <laughs> so you you get to the tree stand. What's this place like? Like what, what type of, I know, is it, is it kind of like an enclosed place that's specifically for this?
1: Yeah, people say it's a petting zoo, but it's right. 1,600 <laughs> acres. Uh, what they do is, uh, because Florida doesn't have crazy deer from a size standpoint, they actually ship in certain types of deer, try to deer antelope, even different types of animals. So they'll ship them in and for a cost, of course, and then whatever you decide to shoot at is what you pay like uh if you hit it so okay uh but yeah there was um i decided to kind of just go for just another hog again just I, I think as as i explained last year and i try to explain to everybody it's kind of a relaxing trip you're actually sitting in a tree stand out in the the middle of um i would say there's probably like twenty to five or so different locations around this area that have just these tree stands tree blinds mm-hmm. and um if you go out in the morning, you have to get out there an hour before it gets light out. Uh, they do have their feeders it out turns there. Turns like is, five
0: and five thirty in the morning. Maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, this it was about. Uh, they picked us up around six. They have this big Polaris Ranger, uh, and they they kind of know where they know where the stands are. They know what you're looking to possibly hunt, yeah. shoot, whatever, uh, and then they'll put you in that stand before dawn. You sit there for an hour and just peace and quiet for the most part. Guys, nice. where do the? Uh, so you're with a group of how many people? Uh, I mean, you can have as many as fifteen or twenty. Our group was about seven. Would so it,
0: would they all go to the same stand, nope. or you go to different
1: ones? Nope, you go, we go to different stands. <laughs> so depending on, you know, some people wanted to shoot a certain type of uh, a buck mm-hmm. or an antelope or a deer, so they're like, all right, these ones tend to be on this side so they have all these like trail cameras that are out there okay, okay. Uh, so they'll figure out where where the deer are and they just kind of go around too they they drive around a lot um, you know just seeing what's around so this year was really good um, it's funny talking I think everybody who works there lives in the general area of this which is about an hour and a half north of Tampa yeah and um, it is you know it's they're they're really fun great people like, he, uh, depending on, depending on how the acorns are is if they will go to the, to eat the corn from the feeders, if the acorns are good, or as our guide called them, acorns, acorns, <laughs> they had good acorns last year. <laughs> so, uh, but they didn't have good acorns this year. Okay. So they were going more and more to the feeders. They were more active. Depends on how hot it is. Depends on, um, you know, if the deer, if it's their mating season, which is called the rut. So the rut, the rut. Yep. So that's when bucks will be fighting each other for, you know, the, the ability to mate with the, the does that are The out bucks
0: there. are fighting. To... Never mind. <laughs> <It's>,
1: it <laughs> let, let the imagination go where, where it's going to go. <laughs> so, so in so, your
0: stand, are you by yourself?
1: Yep. Yep. By yourself. Um, like I said, you're usually there for an hour before kind of things start to, you know, it's pitch black when you get in there in the morning. Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you pretty much just wait for daybreak and the one of the stands... I only went out three times, but one of the stands, I saw a ton of things. So, uh, you know, there was four or five doe, one buck, a bunch of mountain goats and rams. Actually, they saw me in the stand and they just came up to me and just started yelling at me. Like just. <laughs>
0: Get the fuck out They're of just here! Bark
1: barking at me, hey, and then yeah. uh, there's a little family of uh, uh, of hogs as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the stands you get to see a ton of the different stuff, which was cool. Like last year, we barely saw anything because acorn acorns were good. Acorns, <laughs> so. But yeah, that was it. Uh, just again, it's 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 relaxing. Once you um, once the daylight comes out and it gets too hot, all the animals usually what they'll call the bed down. They'll get in some sort of brush and kind of oh. just. Stay down for the day for the most part, so there's no hunting during kind of the middle of the day, all right. and you can go back out at night as well. So you're and not at do, night, sorry, I, at dusk.
0: Yeah, you're trying to do all this at dusk, okay? Yeah.
1: But again, once it gets too dark, you can't shoot because you don't know where you're shooting at. Right. So, interesting. Does uh, no, Joanna doesn't go on this right? Nope. Yeah, but during her, she would. once you, when you come back after the morning and while you're waiting to possibly go out at night, you're just sitting around. Crack open a beer or two, maybe watching some football or something. Uh, smoking cigars on the deck. It's a really nice lodge. Mm-hmm. Bit, you know, there's a chef that comes in. They just she just cooks cooks lunch and dinner, and then you have just a bunch of snacks and stuff around. I think I put on like five or five or ten pounds there just you look it. eating <laughs> eating like shit. <laughs> as I show up today eating McDonald's, so is that what you? Had? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm on my way down. Off
0: I got to stop for lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm on a real health kick lately i can tell so tell. but yeah and then after once you come in during the night like you know as after it gets dark out they'll come pick you up they know what stands you're in you actually have your cell phone out there so you just kind of text people like you know either you're telling them what you see mm-hmm. in the stands like oh this this showed up or this is you know or you're just kind of messing around texting um and then you can just text them, hey, can you come pick me up? It's you know too dark. So
0: what kind of like safety rules do they have? Like you can only shoot <laughs> down, like you can't ever shoot straight out.
1: Uh, no, there's, I mean, the, the rules are just pretty much don't be, don't be an idiot, I guess. Dayless. But I think there's people that if they know it's your first time, they'll tell, they'll kind of give you a little more education. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, it's kind of like, I kind of joke, it's almost like take your kids to work day when it's. Taking me hunting or fishing, because I am just—I don't know what the hell I'm doing for the most part. I mean, I know the basic crash course,
0: right? right? That's about it. So, it's funny because your stepdad used to have his own
1: stand. Oh yeah, you know,
0: out in the back. Yep.
1: And he'd have. He'd, I mean, they had different seasons up there too, like black powder, muzzle loader, um, muzzle loader, whatever. it is, bow season, like mm-hmm. so. He actually used to hunt with um with bows, bow and arrow kind yep. of thing. Yep. Nice. So what'd you, what'd you use? Uh, I used a 308 high powered rifle. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So the hog I shot, it was only 30 yards away with a rifle. It's, it's essentially like shooting fish in a barrel. It, sure. it wasn't, wasn't like an unbelievable shot or anything. So was yeah. it your first shot? Yeah. So you fired the gun once I, and you're like, that's same, it. Same thing as last year. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Put it back on the shelf. <laughs> I went back out another time or two. Um, but again, like I said, it costs money, whatever you shoot at. And, um, you know, I didn't feel like spending too much more money. Sure. So,
0: And what did you make last year out of, uh, I know you, you said you made like pork sausages.
1: Yep. So out of the hog, and there's certain types of hogs. Like I think it's between 60 and 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Those are the good ones. And again, for everybody, these are nuisances as well. So yeah, there's a ton of them in Florida. Uh, uh, you know, the, the wild th- hogs. <laughs> yeah. There's
0: some that get in our neighborhood. Yep. Destroy like all the, uh, we have these like common area fields mm-hmm. and they just destroy them.
1: Yeah, so uh, this—last year, I had shot—they're called a meat hog. So they, you know, they'll gut them, you bring them to the butcher, uh, and then they'll cut up the, you know, whether it's tenderloins, pork loins, pork chops, uh, sausage. I had a lot of, like, breakfast sausage and and Italian sausage. So I still have a ton of it in my freezer. Did you make
0: bacon out of the pork belly? I
1: I think what they say is it's too lean to get bacon out of it. Okay. So— but maybe next weekend when we have the whole Oxford crew down, I'll I'll try to make a few things uh, with some of the meat that's still there. Sounds good. So, I like that. But yeah, we did. Um, yeah, i done some breakfast sausage. Uh, made like a, let's say like the, is it ragu? Like like a pizza, not a pizza sauce, like a pasta sauce, mm-hmm. like a meat sauce with it. Um, made meatballs out of it one day, which was pretty good. Had like a meatball sub. Oh, yeah. Um, even, yeah, even Joanna liked it, so. It wow. was weird, surprising. Yeah, I mean, she does like it's not like she's picky with the, their food, but surprised that just thinking of, Oh, I'm eating ho- uh, a hog, right? <laughs> like, it'd be weird, a
0: wild hog that yep. my husband shot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: oh, well, cool so, man, that sounds like an awesome
0: went. trip. What else do you guys do?
1: Any other? Uh, well, <laughs> I can tell you another story, and they say, like, when we're talking about it being a petting zoo, and like, oh, it's. There was a little element of danger in it. Um, I I think I explained last year that they have these; uh, they're called water buffalo, and I believe they're native to India, and they're huge. Like, uh, they also have bison on site, but I guess these water buffalo are very territorial, and they will stomp you out. Oh (laughs) shit! So there was one night where uh, my stepfather had shot a hog, and he was sitting above, like he was probably like eight feet up in the stand, like. And this was more, almost like a, almost more of like a tree fort rather than like just a a ladder and a chair, like a tree stand. You'd think. Yeah. So, but he was only eight feet off the ground, and these things are about seven, eight feet tall. Oh (laughs) shit! This water buffalo got pissed that he took that shot, and the water buffalo started grunting at the foot of the stand, and banging against the side, the the legs of it. So, there was one night after we had. after we had finished, uh, my cousin's boyfriend and I, they picked us up first in the in the Polaris Ranger. So like, yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go bail your stepfather out because there's a water buffalo that won't let him get down from the. Oh no! Won't let him get down from the stand. So yeah, we drive over there, and by now it's like seven thirty, quarter eight, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's pretty dark. So the the guide kind of gets in front of uh, the water, in between the water buffalo and the stand. And allows them to get off of the, you know, the tree stand, get in there. But I'm on, I'm on the driver's side. I got my rifle locked and ready to go, just in case this thing charges. <laughs> so then we tried to get the hog, and he was on, you know, he's probably about thirty or forty yards away. Mm-hmm. So we take the Polaris Ranger over there, and then the, the water buffalo starts coming towards us. So we're like, all right, going gonna, we'll come back and get him. But so a little element of danger uh, sure. with that this year and um, last year the water buffalo kept on following me. So there was one night where I was in a similar stand. It got dark out there. Like, all right, Duff, we're going to come pick you up. And I'm like, hey, just, just beware that the, the pack is right around me. And this one, I was only like four feet off the ground. And um, so they drive up. And I had seen most, I, what I thought was the whole pack leave. So I go to get out the back door of the, the stand or the blind. And there's one waiting right there. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, uh, last year, yeah, they were bothering me a lot. So, yeah. But all good. Made it. Made it home. And yeah, this year, and I'll show you the picture The the hog that I shot last year was a meat hog. It's probably about 100 pounds or so. Mm-hmm. This hog was, they called it a mega hog. Oh boy. And it was 500 pounds. <laughs> Whoa. So, um,. Five times the meat. Yeah, well no, this I guess no, you, at a certain point you can't eat this meat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here I'm showing Larry a picture now, but this was just like kind of the <laughs> I mean beast. it's like a woolly mammoth. Yeah, man. And then uh that was the head of it. <laughs> Handsome feller. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so yeah, Handsome that feller. was this year's um this year's hunting story, I guess. But yeah. yeah. The other thing we did, um Tony, my stepbrother who was uh, or half brother, sorry. Who was um, on a previous episode? He wanted to come up. He wasn't hunting, but he wanted he wanted to fish. Mm-hmm. So we took a day. We call it, It's called flat flats fishing. So we go out, kind of the river that's out there, get into the Gulf, and then we start fishing for the, like trout, redfish. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with any of those. I'm sure. I think you're an avid fisherman, though. Oh, so we may fish. find out shortly about that. I'll tell
0: you. I'll finish your story. So, I'll, 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 I'm not. I have an unpopular opinion, I guess, probably so as most uh, of mine
1: are again when when you take me out I'm not I'm not much of an outdoorsman mm-hmm. so when you take me out it's kind of like like I said it's like take your kids to work daddy so did all right caught a few fish but one of the things it was really windy out too so the boat's kind of spinning around a little bit so you have your regular motor or motors on the boat yeah you know the the really the high powered ones then you have what's called a trolling motor which you know when you're in kind of certain areas it's just like it it's almost like a little fan. Okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You don't it's probably one horsepower and it's just to move around little bits. So you drop the trolling motor in when you're just trying to like steady yourself uh, and move around once once the big motors up. Well, there's five of us on this boat casting in all different directions because of the wind, because of the boat spinning around. I get my line caught on the trolling motor <sighs> and I think it's a fish. I'm like really yeah. getting on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a big one. Uh, uh, you know, the guy just comes over. He's like, yeah, you're caught in the trolling motor. So then he's got you to pull the up the boat, yeah. man. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty much, yeah, my, my, the biggest catch I got was a yeah. 27 like foot boat. That's pretty bad. But yeah, that's then he, you know, he's got to pull up the motor. He's got to unwind it. I mean, there's another time where I got caught on one of the rocks because we were close to the shore. So <laughs> yeah. rip, rips a line. And so yeah, I think I, next time I, I I need I think I need to practice like rebaiting the the line or <laughs> reattaching the leader. But so, but yeah, that was my that was our fishing story and um, nothing too much there. Caught yeah. a few fish, brought them home, which was not. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing too. It's like I think in an apocalypse I would be very little help. But yeah, the guide catches the you know we catch the fish fish bring them on a boat he throws them in the uh, in the cooler. Then he gets on, you know, when we get back to the place, he just starts cutting them up, filleting them, and then putting all the, you know, the fish meat in, you know, for us to take home. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's a a skill. Another skill I I don't have. When you freeze it, put it in a
0: a cooler with ice or something? Like, what the hell do you...
1: No, the good thing, uh, the cook just cooked it right up when we got home. So, we had like six or eight trout and a couple of these other things called uh, grunts. Grunts? Grunts. Okay. Yeah, the best thing, he knows what's good eating, what's not good eating, what's the the size of the fish, do you need to keep it? You know, there's certain rules and regulations and stuff, so. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, once or twice a year, I'll I'll go fishing. I mean, I actually do enjoy it, but not good at it. But what about you? What's your (laughs) thought?
0: So I have gone fishing before. My brother Cody's father, like when Cody was young, he would take us out fishing occasionally. I've fished with Jesse before. Fun fishing that I like, we used to go, we had the French River right by our old house. Mm -hmm. And so we'd go down, and you got to remember, this is like a basically a little brook. It's a long river, but it's like a little brook that's no more than like, I don't know, 8, 12, 16 inches deep in some spots, maybe a little bit deeper in other spots, but where we would go. So we would catch like little crawfish and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I had fun with that. But the whole thing with the lines and the reeling and the casting, it's like, yeah, yeah. Let's go out. Let's throw a fucking hook with worm guts on it, and uh, you know, <laughs> s- stick a hole through a fish's face, pull him out of the water. Let's let's half suffocate him. Yep. Look, take a picture. Huh, oh, your fish? <laughs> Rip him off the hook and then fucking fire him back in the yep. water. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like fun to me. And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, it's humane." I throw it back. I was like, oh, "No, <laughs> yeah, you stuck a fucking you stuck a fucking hook in his off. face, and you were suffocating him to death." <laughs> 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 uh, but our buddy Rob, who's been on the podcast a few times, he's like he loves fishing and he keeps saying, mm. "Man, we gotta go! It's so much fun!" And you know, all the fishing I've ever done has been, you know, standing on land and mm-hmm. casting into the water. I've, I've never been out in a boat, at least that I recall. Maybe that's more fun, especially if you have some beer. But I don't know. I just to me, it just doesn't sound like fun at all. I guess you. you. I mean, know, but,
1: I think when it's in a group, it's a little different too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, me and Jesse would go out and we, you know, dig up some dirt and find more pull up and all the mm. worms and, you know, and and you, there's all you know all the all the things you can buy, all the lures and all that mm. shit. They got the try hook thing and you're like, awesome, I'm gonna put yeah. that through a fish's face. <laughs> He's, He's gonna love it. But I'm humane because yeah. I threw him back. <laughs> yeah, I threw it back.
1: Yeah, like I, I get traumatized fish. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And
0: I'm going to sound like such a bitch to some people, and I apologize. <laughs> no, and, and I'm not against fishing to eat it. and like Just like mm-hmm. hunting, if you're going to go out and you're going to hunt and you're going to consume what you killed, and that's what you're, you're doing it for, I'm all for it. You, you yep. go out and you eat what you kill, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, and if you're going to go fishing and you're going to take the fish and it's for food to feed yourself and your, your family and your friends, great. But just to go stick a fucking hook in a fish's face and (laughs) hold him out, gasping for air or gasping for water, because that's what they do. They don't breathe the air. Uh,
1: I'm surprised how many people do fish here, because we have all, like, they're called retention ponds, you know, with with communities and everything like that. And um, I mean, it's just a ton of water, of course, in Florida. But I'm surprised how many people just will pull over to the side of the road and just fish in, like, one of these retention ponds. It's not even like a, like a true pond you'd think of. You in know, our like, neighborhood you, here, they yeah. stock it with fish. Alright. You see people fishing a lot?
0: Occasionally, yeah. There'll okay. be kids up there in the neighborhood. They allow it, um, certain times of year, I think. So But they yeah, you know, like I said, they stock it specifically mm-hmm. for you to go fishing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. But <clears throat> that's my thought on fishing. I bet you I'd go out and I'd I'd fish and I'd have a great time probably, especially with the right people and you know, a couple of beverages, but <sighs> Getting me there will be a
1: chore for somebody. I guess we'll try something new. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm always open to that, but I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it's about one, once a year, maybe for me. It'll be just kind of a half day group. And this one was wrapped into that hunting trip, too. So,
0: yeah. Fishing but, just to fish? No. Fishing
1: for something I'm going to eat? All right. Fine. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> all right. So you said, uh, you just got back a, a week of a week of drinking, is that what you said?
0: Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't all drinking. So for the third year in a row, for me anyway, our company takes part in the we exhibit in the SEMA show, which is the big automotive parts uh, convention for the year. And it has everything automotive part related for all types of vehicles, ATVs, golf carts, trucks, cars, everything. And it's, you know, the SEMA the Convention Center has the North Hall, the West Hall. We're in the South Hall. There's the South Hall lower where the wheel and tire is. South Hall upper where they had this. year They had like all kinds of tools related to vehicles and things like that. So, and just a million cars with all these mm-hmm. accessories on them, you know, different builds. And, and so it's, it's really, really a cool thing. Mm-hmm. If you're, I'm not even a big car guy, you know, which is funny to say in the industry that I'm in. I do like trucks and I do like jeeps mm-hmm. and I do like lifted trucks, so it's exactly right up my alley. But getting into just being a car guy and, you know, knowing everything about Corvettes and Mustangs mm-hmm. and, you know, all the different SUVs and Mercedes and BMWs and things like that, I, half of that I could care less about. Yeah. I'm interested in, you know, the customization of them. I always find that stuff interesting. But
1: you see anything new this year?
0: Not really. Like so when we're at the convention itself. The show essentially starts, so Monday you go there and you set up, Tuesday and Monday is when we get in, so there's a setup team and a takedown team. So we got there Monday night, it was already set up by the people who went in before us That the first half, and then we worked the show Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are the, it's a business-to-business event, so it's not really a end-user event. So yeah, it's, it's not the audience. It's wholesalers uh, yeah, usually yeah. exhibit, or customer or businesses that are looking to sell to other businesses, and and obviously to retail yeah. also. But usually the customers that come, you have to be associated with an automotive company, business, something, to yeah. get so a it's pass. Net networking, right? So right. It's to, yeah, but just to get a pass to the, come to the event, you have to have be associated with a business in the automotive industry. Um, then Friday they open up the whole event to the public, so you can. Buy a ticket and walk the, the show Friday. They, is Friday one
1: of those days where you're like, oh, this is yes. uh, you're ready to get out of there, but yep. now you have to deal with the public. Yep, okay. exactly what Friday
0: is. <laughs> right. I will say though, this year's Friday it was dead. Hmm.
1: I wonder what, crickets, man. Everybody spend all their money.
0: It could have been that. It could have been an economy thing. It could have right. been. I mean, they also do. So this is. I, I'm only strictly talking about for our hall. One of the things yeah. I was about to get to is we're working the show, and we only have four or five people to work the booth. We try to let, you know, one or two people at a time go try to walk around at yeah. least our hall, sure. go have lunch. You know, if you need a break, just get out and move around. Um, but the problem is you're on your feet constantly working the booth, and if the booth is busy, really nobody can leave. Mm-hmm. And then your feet from being just being on your feet, like we all – it's a – me personally and the people I work with, it's a very sedentary job. You you mm-hmm. sit, you, yep. you're you're on the phone, you're not up walking around. So being on my feet for eight, nine hours, my feet are throbbing mm-hmm. by like one thirty two o'clock every day. Yep. So the thought of, oh, let's go walk two miles and yeah. look at shit yep. is not usually in the cards for me. Um, Friday was so dead, uh, Bricks and I, who's been on the podcast, Derek's like, look, you know, it's quiet. I think it's important for you guys to go see what's – go see other – your your com- competition, what else is the, what there is in the automotive industry, go look at some of the trucks. And it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And, you know, I had taken – Jordan brought some uh, – he's one our wheel designer. He brought some. So he gave me a couple of uh, Motrin. Mm-hmm. So I took that to try to ease yeah. the, the, the foot pain. And so we went walking around. I took – you know, there's, there's so much to see, so many trucks – different tire brands that you've never heard of um you know there's so many ty- chinese manufacturers right now that are just trying to have somebody walk by their booth think that that looks cool that they can make money on it and hey i'll be your distributor in mm-hmm. such and such area yeah. so there's tons and tons of tire and then you think you know tpms there's all these you know, tire pressure monitoring mm-hmm. system um there's all sorts of like you know, wheel accessories like lug nuts and spike lug nuts and all that sort of thing. So you can see the new new products associated with that. There's a lot to see, you know, adapters and, and, and all sorts of stuff.
1: Nothing really wowed you, though, <laughs> as you're walking around? I don't
0: know, man. Like, our, our wheels in, in our niche of what we do, where it's, like, truck, Jeep, SUV, and then obviously we have the replica side, but it's mostly, again, truck, Jeep, SUV... And, you know, we're a lot more, you get into some cars, but we don't, we're we not big, big into having a lot of options right. for just regular cars. But for, for our niche of the market, I think our wheels are as good, if not better than almost anyone's on the market. So you walk around, it's, it's, and I hate trying to, I don't want to sound like this and be kind of biased, as biased as I am on it, but it's almost like you're seeing the other wheel vendors and you're like... Did you even try? <laughs> yeah, it's like, shit, man. Our stuff is awesome. Yeah. And then what you're seeing lately, our wheel designer, man, he is inventive. He, he's he got an eye. He For me, it's like he looks at exo- exotic cars, like Porsches and Lamborghinis mm. and things like that, and the wheels that go on them. And he adjusts the design a bit to make, like, a deep, concave version of that for a truck. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what our wheels sure. look like. And they're higher-end wheels. They're not, like, your cheapest... You know, if you're if you're looking for a nice set of wheels that's cheap, you're, we're not gonna yep. at least the four play line and uh you know our defiant wheels, we're not gonna be the cheapest in the game. That's not what <laughs> not what it is. Our replica wheels, I mean a replica wheel generally unfortunately replica's replica. Is replica. Mm-hmm. And whether you're getting them from a factory that's, you know, high end with all the testing and they're OEM certified or OEM quality or better, versus just some cheap Chinese company that's trying to, you know, make A buck in the U.S. People look at it as, you know, one of the most popular wheels in in the replica game is the snowflake design, which is basically like a six spokes that look like Ys. Mm -hmm. And whether you're, you know, those people, a snowflake's a snowflake's a snowflake. Yeah, The end user... Doesn't much care about the quality. They, well, you make that wheel, and you make that wheel. It look the same to me, but one's $50 different. So that's that's that market. But, I mean, just like I said, walking around and seeing all the wheels, what we're seeing now is a lot of Jordan's designs are being copied. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, they'll, they'll put their little change to it, but they may, a lot of people are just making a cheaper version of what yeah. Jordan made. <laughs> and, again, not that Jordan is wasn't inspired by anybody else you know like i said i, I think he, he looks at high-end wheels in and in a exotic car market and you know i think he he's never told me this but that's just from my own personal experience dealing with wheels i think that's kind of what it looks like to me so but yeah a lot of people are copying and our designs kind of when we came out and and how kind of it took off and it took off so well And a lot of people walking in looking for wheels from this company that, at least at the time in 2019, when we were launching, 2020 during COVID, no one had ever heard of. Mm. Now you go to these SEMA shows, like in 2021, people would be coming in, man, these designs are great. Like, I've never really heard of you guys before. And uh, now, 2023, nobody walks in our booth and says, I've never heard of you guys before. Everybody knows, at least in the automotive industry. Everybody knows who 4Play Wheels is. Everybody knows who OE Wheels is.
1: Yeah, that's so, a good trajectory. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's that's an exciting part of it. So yeah. That's that's basically the breakdown of like what the show was. I don't remember what your initial question was before my tangent, but. Uh, no, it was about
1: um, seeing, seeing anything interesting, anything different. I mean, yeah. If you if you're good with talking through work, mm. did you have some fun out there? Did you have some downtime that you're able to experience Vegas? I know this is your third year in a row, so.
0: Yeah. One other. yeah, That's that's actually what I was. Getting to was so our booth like our we're we're in South Hall lower. I walked that. I didn't get. To, I did not go in any of the other exhibit halls. Yeah. <laughs> so I did check out the cars outside and the trucks outside. And you know, a lot of them, some of the customers that I work with um, have our wheels on their trucks that are that they're they brought to show off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Lear's one of them. We were on Lear. They do like um, uh, tonneau cover, not tonneau covers, but the the cabs oh, yeah. that go on yep. the pickup trucks. I like they make those.
1: That, uh... The logo, yep.
0: Yeah, so we were in a couple other brands that had our wheels on their trucks that they were displaying. Um, outside of the show, so we're fortunate. <laughs> if you've ever been to SEMA, so you have the convention center, and it's kind of a little, not not a little, it's, it's close to the Strip, but it's not right on the Strip. So a lot of people will stay in those hotels that are semi-close, where you could stay in like Caesar's Palace, it's not too far. Resort World, which is a pretty new one, um, that's not too, too far. But you got to figure there's hundreds and hundreds of people coming mm-hmm. from each of those okay. hotels. So like the cab game, you just you get in yeah. line, Oof. and there's just a line of cabs that circulates, and you know it it can take you to get two to three miles to the convention, can take you an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Do well, they have scooters in Vegas? They have scooters, but not ones that you could get from the hotel to okay. the convention center. So there's just so much traffic and and so much, just the way everything's lined like you have to almost have to use
1: a cab mm-hmm.
0: or an Uber. Or what's funny is if you're going with a group of eight people and you need to take two cabs, it's basically the same price to just get a limo. So <laughs> it's it's kind of funny in that respect. But And we've done that before where it's just like we have a whole group of us. Do we get two or three cars or are we just getting a limo? So we'll just, yeah. we'll just get the limo. And really the limo for a four or five mile trip is only like 90 bucks, you know, yep. you know plus tip. So. It's, it's really not that bad in comparison. So um, where we stay, and what's great, our, the owner of our company kind of uh, picked this up right off the bat. I think obviously working with Jordan, our wheel designer who has been to these before, and whatever company we, we did our whole package through, the SEMA you know, exhibitor package, we, we booked the hotel that's literally across the parking lot from the hall yeah. that we're in. So it's not a glamorous hotel. It's not a big-name hotel. There is not a single slot machine in our hotel. But it's just the it Radisson. It does its job. The rena- yeah. Excuse me, the Renaissance. Yeah, it's close. We just walk across the parking lot. There's no waiting for cabs. And that yeah. saves us at least an hour, hour and a yep. half in the morning and in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it sounds like you have long days. So whatever you can yeah. do to kind of get... yeah, Yeah.
0: So generally, we would get up. We would meet in the lobby of the hotel, which has a Starbucks. We would meet there at, like, 8 o'clock. 8:15, um, we would walk across to the booth. We're in the booth by 8:30, and the show starts at nine. You should, you know go through, dust the wheels, and make sure everything's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then you know nine to five, except for on Friday, nine to five is the show. Um, at five o'clock, you're just ready to get off your feet. Mm-hmm. So generally, and that you got to remember, it's three hours, uh, behind yeah. us yep. here in Florida on the East Coast. So that's like. The show's like 11 to 8 o'clock if you look at it in East Coast hours. So I'm just looking to get home, get back to the hotel, eat something, call Megan and Emma before Emma goes to bed. And then, you know, you figure by the time you're done eating, and I've, I've talked to Megan, I've had dinner at the hotel. If we eat at the hotel, you're already like 10 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Yep. I was like, shit, man, I'm getting tired.
1: So, That's what your internal clock is. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it's it's hard to be like, okay, now let's go out. And then knowing that in Vegas time, I've got to be up again at 6, 6.30, which again, it's like 9.30 Eastern, <laughs> but whatever. So from the first few nights, we really didn't do anything. I mean, there's a, there's a really good steakhouse in our hotel. And another thing that's cool, so the, I, I've gone the last three years. And in the bar area, there's like a bar pub area, and then there's a steakhouse. And in the bar area, the, right away, the first night, there's this guy, his name is, it's Aman, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, I, would, I, I don't know what his nationality is. I picture it's something Middle Eastern type, but he's a really cool guy, really attentive. And as soon as I came in, I sat down and I was waiting for everybody else yeah. to, to come meet me. He comes over, he's like, hey, man. He like remembered <laughs> Remember me from nice. the year before. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah. And so then, you know, everybody started meeting us, the owner of our company, Lance, and he's all saying hi to everybody. And Lance is like, man, that's so cool that he remembers us from last year. You know, so there's this table that seats like eight, but they put reserved signs on it. And that's just for people that, like, that they know. I don't know if it's people that they know, people that spend a lot of money, people that tip well, take care of them. Every time we came down, he would be like, your table's ready. That's awesome. The man. place would be packed because, you know, it's it's a bar right across from SEMA. All these people, there's hundreds of people waiting for cabs. So a lot of people just say, let's go in, have a couple drinks and mm-hmm. wait until the rush is gone. Yep. But we would always have, so the t- there would be nowhere to sit. And he would always reserve that table for us, which is awesome.
1: I tell you, in that industry, like ha- being able to have somebody like that is key. That's why, you know, always be nice to your, your, your bartenders, your servers. Yeah. Your, Especially you know. in
0: situations like that where you might go back again and they'll remember you. You know, it's, it's cool that we make it such an impression that yeah. they all, after a year of seeing tons of other people, Remember who we are. Yep. Um, You know, the name foreplay also stands out. Yeah, that's true. So that helps. Uh, So then we go the next night, and we go into the steakhouse. And there's this girl, and she was our same waiter from the last two years. Wow. And the reason she remembers me, obviously, I look like I look, and I'm a Patriots fan. She also is a Patriots fan. So we went last year with uh, my buddy Bill, who we work with, and he's a Bill's fan. So there was a little bit of, like, (laughs) butting heads with her and and him, but yet, you know, her and I got along and kind of busted Bill's balls (laughs) a little bit. So, and then she came right in and she's like, hey, Patriots. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I can't (laughs) believe you remember us. So, and then, so we went in there taken care of Lance always goes, the owner of our company, he goes above and beyond, you know, we spend a lot of money there. He tips them. Really well. So he takes good care of them. And, you know, like he preaches to us all the time, it's just building the relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, partially also sure. not not only a unique name, but I think they remember us because we treat them well. Yep. You know, so that's cool that you can go there three years in a row and these people remember
1: you after. I mean, it's a rotating door tor- tourist in, yeah. in Vegas, too, which is insane that yeah. they still remember you. Right. Or at least something about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whether but it's the look or the Patriots fan or the... <laughs>
0: It's not Elizabeth. Her name's Stephanie. So in terms of going out, so Tuesday we stayed at the hotel, or Monday we stayed at the hotel because we got in mm-hmm. Monday night. Tuesday we did the steakhouse at the hotel.
1: Did you order the, can I say it was the Wagyu? That- <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we did,
1: talk, we did talk about that, didn't we? So the first year, year right? yeah. no, it was
0: the first, that was 2021. Okay. We it was, it was me, Josh, and Will. Um who went in 2021. It was kind of like the slowest SEMA because it was... Still f- COVID. Yeah. yeah, still COVID. You still had to wear masks inside. Um, the international customers couldn't come. So it was very small in comparison to what we had this year. But they had on the menu a... So we, there was a, like a... it was, It's was a really high-end steakhouse. And it was really good food. But it, so it was like a, a 79 or $89 bone-in ribeye that we were all going to order. And the guy comes over and he goes, hey, I've got a wagyu bone-in ribeye, it was like 250 bucks or something like that. And we're all there, you know. Lance takes awesome care of us. We all had the per diem money, mm-hmm. and we're like, you know, one time for all three of us, we were in Vegas for the first time. Yeah, like we're here. It was like our second night there. Like, Let's just do it. So we ordered it up, um, you know, ate it, and it. The the total check because you know with those high end steakhouses, generally you order. The meat it's a la carte, it's a la carte, yeah, and yeah. then you order whatever side That's you that. want. You know, my buddy Josh obviously orders a bottle of wine instead of just we each order. He, <laughs> yeah. no, Josh is like, No, nah, we're getting a bottle, you know,
1: <laughs> live it up, right?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, we ordered it. The, the check ended up being well over a grand, Oof. and then they give you the check, and they've already included the tip. I was like, shit. <laughs> so I sent a picture of it to our to Lance, the owner of the company. And he's just like, man, that is not what I gave you guys the money for, <laughs> but live it up. You know, he's yeah. like, awesome. Good. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we, we did that the first year. We did not do that again yeah. uh, any other year. And then, you know, to be honest with you, it was, it was, it was a good steak, but it wasn't like A5 Wagyu. Yeah. It was like American Wagyu that was just huge chunks of fat on it, which I'm fine with with fat on a steak. I love fat on a steak, but like probably half of the steak was big chunks of fat. It was like for two hundred and fifty, uh, yeah. two hundred seventy-five yeah. bucks, whatever it was.
1: No, no, there's a certain level I think, right? Yeah. I kind of have that with whiskey too. Like, I'll splurge I think with Scotch, mm-hmm. but then with others I won't go too crazy on. So I'm the
0: opposite. I, I'll splurge with bourbon. Like, I, I if I if I go into a place and they have Pappy Van Winkle, like fifteen year, and I can get it for like two hundred bucks for an ounce pour. I'm going to try it. Wow. Okay. I'm going to try Have it. Have you tried it before? Never. Okay. I would love to. Um, you know, and I know, believe me, don't, everybody thinking, oh, this is so stupid. It's, you're just going to piss it out in 20 minutes. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But there's so much hype surrounding it, and it's so hard to find, and they make so little of it. I just, being a bourbon lover, I've just got to try it. Mm-hmm. I, I need to see. And I know with anything, especially bourbon, the more expensive you get it's diminishing returns. So like a $25 bourbon to a $50 bourbon could be a big difference. Yep. That $50 bourbon to that $100 bourbon could be, again, another big difference. Yep. Way smoother, <laughs> brighter flavors, yep. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, now you get into a $200 bottle, $300 a bottle. Thou- like,
1: yep.
0: You should never, ever spend $1,000 for a bottle <laughs> of crazy. anything. That's
1: crazy, yeah.
0: Because you know that $1,000 bottle from that $100 bottle,
1: maybe a Two percent difference. Yeah, is it worth all that? No, yeah. but <laughs> but you got to try it once.
0: The pour, I would try the bottle. I never spend. If I could get a bottle of it, I think my max. If I could get someone down to like 500 one time, I wouldn't do it multiple times. But one time, mm-hmm. just so that I could say that I try, I did. Yep. I had a bottle. I could take one. I could show social media that I yep. had a picture. Of <laughs> Pappy Man Winkle in my hand. And you know, I would love to share it. I love like my, my father in law likes bourbon. I'd love to share it with him. You, you know, I know you are a whiskey guy. Just, just so you know, to share it. It would never be a thing that I would just, you know, put on a shelf, never open, like a lot of people do. Yeah.
1: Do you know any places around here that have it? Not the bottle, just the, just
0: the cigar bar down in Sarasota said that when we when we went there the first time, they said they had just ran out of it like a couple weeks okay. ago, but they only release it like once a year, mm-hmm. so you, you might find it you know when it's with, in season within yeah within that <laughs> month or two after
1: okay.
0: they have a bottle right now sitting on the at the liquor store right by my house but he's got a $3000 price tag on wow. it wow and it's been there probably since uh i don't know all of this year so and no one's bought it and i keep telling him man hey when you're ready to sell that to me for 500 bucks i'll i told him i'll open it right here with you and we'll try it like i'm not trying to resell this you know, some people. A yeah. lot of those liquor stores, because they'll see what secondary is, and they're like, "Well, instead of me selling this to a guy for a couple hundred bucks, and then he goes and makes the yeah. fifteen hundred or two yeah. grand, who some idiot will pay, why don't I just sell it, yeah. listed at that, and just wait till that guy comes in?" So I get it. I'm not trying to resell it. <laughs> I'm just trying to try it. Yeah. I just want one try time it, of my have life. Have bottle. Yep. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Did you have anything good um, out there for whiskeys? Anything that you haven't tried? yet. Or...
0: No, most of the places we went to they were just have, I think I had a pour of regular Woodford. They had Blanton's at the hotel that we stay at, but the uh, Blanton's sitting right there in my yeah. house. So both of the bottle both of the, the pours that I only had a couple pours and they were both just regular normal 30, 40, 50 dollar bottle bourbons. Yep. There's nothing special. Uh the first time we went to Vegas was the first time I tried Blanton's. So Josh basically uh I don't even know if I should say this on air. Sorry, Josh. If I get you in trouble, but uh, he ordered the. There was a probably three quarters of a bottle of Blantons behind the counter at the hotel, just the regular hotel bar. Mm-hmm. And and mind you, the year we went, they were closing at I think ten thirty or eleven because it was you know COVID time all right, and yep. all that. And so Josh is like, I'm going to order that bottle, and the lady's like, Well, we don't sell the bottle. You have to order it by the poor. Mm-hmm. And Josh was like, "Okay, well that's our bottle. Like no one else <laughs> yeah. gets a pour out of that. I'm buying them all." <laughs> so <laughs> he did. He bought them all. Yep. And we we drank them all and then somebody else uh also said that they had blue label Jack uh Johnny Walker behind the counter too. So we were now mm-hmm. taste testing <laughs> Blanton's versus Johnny Walker Blue it was the ultimate like Big baller moment. <laughs> okay.
1: Where does blue uh, fall? Uh, is it above green?
0: Yes, I believe so. There's Below
1: gold or above gold?
0: Uh, we'll have to Google that. Ah, okay. I, it's like two hundred bucks a bottle.
1: Okay. Next, what's it like? Red, black, green. Is that the next one? I forget.
0: I don't know. Uh, red, black, double black, green. I'm sorry. Red, black, double black, gold, green, platinum, and blue. Blue is the, oh, Blue's the oh highest. Platinum, huh? Wow. I guess. I wouldn't, I didn't think blue was the highest. They don't have a more expensive one than 200 bucks. Hmm. Interesting. But according to Google, that's what we got. <laughs> but that was in 2021. Um, and again, we would never, I would, we actually had a different company that was sitting next to us <clears throat> that was also spending a lot of money mm-hmm. right along with us. I won't say who they are because, but yeah. big in the, uh, Wheel and Tire industry will say. Oh, someone's being arrested. I wonder if that's being picked <laughs> up in the microphones. The sirens getting closer and closer. Yep. Did you do anything on the way? You're not wanted for anything, right?
1: <laughs> yes, I did ask to park in your garage, so. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's you
0: did. Maybe it was from all the hogs you shot. <laughs> it was actually somebody's house. I went to a farm yeah, and shot up the backyard.
1: It's Messed up. 1,600 acres, 1,600 square feet, whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's all in the wording. <laughs> so so Thursday, we did end up going out. Thursday was, so we went downstairs after the show, after we freshened up and had a, uh, had a bite to eat at the bar. Uh, the owner of the company, Lance, and uh, our engineer, Chris, were flying back early Friday morning, so it was kind of our last hangout with them. And then after that, uh, Bricks had a dinner with a customer. And so that kind of left. Uh, Derek said he was staying in because he wanted to kind of just be rested. And so we're like, okay, cool, you do that. Jordan, kind of same thing. And so Scott, um, Bricks, Callie, and I were left. And Bricks had a meeting with a customer. So he had called an Uber. And he's like, hey, guys, the Uber's like two minutes away. You guys are welcome to come or you guys can go do whatever. But Bricks was kind of like, if you want to come, you're more than welcome. So we're like, okay, fuck it. So Uber's two minutes away. We get up, and we just all go with him. Mm-hmm. So and he go he goes out with a customer who brings like eight guys.
1: So <laughs> I needed reinforcements. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Bricks was actually very happy we went because he brought everybody. He was really trying to form that relationship, kind of get to know them better, see what they're all about. And I think it was it was an awesome meeting. You know, I, I actually was loved talking to the dude. He was I don't know, he's probably I think he said he was 33. 33 years old. He speaks he's there the whole, the company's from Mexico. His father started it in Mexico and then I think he is doing like the Texas location. Mm-hmm. But they're doing I mean like just he was talking about just wheel and tire sets. They do 1600 a year. Plus they also sell sets of wheels without being a whole wheel and tire package. So they do a huge business. They're doing a ton. So it was really nice to meet him and hear, and kind of the way he talks about his staff, um, the way he talks. He's 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 at 33 years old, just an incredible leader. Mm-hmm. Like just hearing yeah. the guy talk is is amazing to listen to. I was I was super impressed by the kid. It was good to have the team there. It was funny. So obviously, being that they're Mexican, not all of them speak English. Yeah. So there's like you have Scott who's old school white guy he lives he he has his own he lives on a farm and he's down there holding court and there's like one guy that he of the three that he's yeah. talking to one speaks english and understands what he's saying the other two are just kind of like reacting to the yeah. what the other guys doing <laughs> oh yeah laughing so they would laugh it was, oh, it was so fun but just watching how everybody tries to communicate and we still kind of understand each other even though you know, uh, besides the few, like the owner speaks perfect English. Yeah. He was, you know, he could articulate whatever in either language. <clears throat> but that was fun. And then so after that, that was to a Brazilian steakhouse. And so that was the first place that we were politely asked to leave. <laughs> now,
1: okay. yeah, it wasn't a
0: bad <laughs> ask to leave. The place closed at like 1030. And no one said anything, but at 10.30, you could kind of see all the tables were empty. Yep. And we're just all basically finished eating, but still sitting around just talking, enjoying each other's company, and just having a good time. So then, like, we're kind of seeing people, like, the, the staff's kind of just looking at us. So I was just like, hey, we got to go. Like, yep. we gotta. Yep. So we get up, we all start standing around. And then there's just more talking. We're standing, like, up from the table, like, towards the exit but yeah. all just more talking and shaking hands. And that goes on. We're talking for like 15 yeah. minutes there. Finally, the guy comes over and he's like, guys, yeah, we're yeah, we way past <laughs> yeah. closed. So, like, okay, okay. So, we finally leave there. So, the next we go to the, this cigar bar that's literally right around the corner. And what I'm, time is it now, give or take? Uh, quarter after 11, I Vegas that, time. I thought this was Vegas. Yeah, a lot of the, like the, the casinos and, and the stuff on the strip is open to like yeah. four. But like we're... Not off, like, way off in, yeah. out of, in the middle of nowhere or anything, but um, because there is more than just the strip in, like, Fremont Street. there There is a lot more, and there's good restaurants and things like that. So we're kind of in that sort of area. We're just off the strip a little bit. We go over to a cigar bar. We get in there. Um, and I told you a little bit before we went on air, um, I was supposed to have a cigar with, with my manager, Derek. He's like, Look, don't worry, I'm going to have a cigar with you. Um, he's the general sales manager for us and, but he wasn't there. So Bricks doesn't smoke cigars. Scott doesn't smoke cigars. So our the, we're there with Callie, who's a kind of a newer employee. She's younger than all of us. And she's like, you know what? I'll have a cigar with you. I was like, okay. Have you ever had a cigar before? She's like, ah, uh, yeah. Like once or twice when I was younger. So we're like, okay. So she has a cigar with, with me and we're all sitting there and you know, it's the place is. Besides the people sitting at the bar, like all the chairs and tables, pretty much empty. So it's just basically the four of us like sitting in a mm-hmm. like circle, you know. And they have a, a guy who's DJing who's basically only talking to us. <laughs> the owner of the place ends up being from Rhode Island, so he's you know, Bricks is like, ah, oh, he's a fucking asshole, <laughs> you know, telling him about me. And the guy's like, nah, yeah, I'm from Rhode Island. And he had a little bit of the accent, but he also looked like a big burly dude with a bald shaped head. You know, like jacked, like I'm fat. He's, he was a big dude, you know, so he comes over, he's talking with us and all that. And it was a, it was a cool place. Awesome environment. They were basically playing whatever songs we Mm -hmm. tell the guy to play. So he's playing country and then he's playing like whatever bricks would throw out. And that was cool. (laughs) So we politely get kicked out of this place because so the, there's kind of a weird situation. The bar, they close at 1 a.m. And so our bartender comes over, and I'm not even kidding. It's 12:56. So I'm like, oh, there, we gotta we gotta cash out. She's like, you know what? No, you got like we're here till you guys are done. So you guys want another round? And we're like, hell yeah! So we ordered another <laughs> round. <Yeah>. And <laughs> you see, Scott Scott was he was, we were all feeling good at this point. Scott was dancing to some of the music he was playing <laughs> yeah. and shit. Then it was like 1:25, and they come over and they're like, guys, we we close at one, so let's let's I guess let's okay. wrap it up. I was like, okay, you just told us to order yeah, another exactly. round, and then twenty minutes later, yeah. we. You, need you to leave. said we're we're here for you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all, all right, I, I guess. Well, that's probably a good thing too, because yes. like we got to get back to the hotel anyway and get to sleep, and we're coming into Friday. So, the general thought now is, okay, we're we're back at the hotel. Everybody's kind of got their shit together, and it's like eight o'clock Vegas time, like eleven o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, and our flight Vegas time is six a.m. And I know from experience, unless you have TSA pre-check, which one of one of us had, not me, um, you need to be there two hours early. <laughs> yeah. Even even though we're there at six a.m., our flight's at six a.m., you need that extra time. Sure. So we got really lucky. Uh, so with United. You can check in, check pay to check your bags, and do all that on the app, and then you just go to what they call the bag shortcut, where you go over, print your tickets, put your bag on the thing, and walk away. Mm. Well, we get to the United line, and it is probably—I'm not exaggerating—eight hundred people deep. Wow! Like all of the zigzag that they put those yeah. those turnstile turnstile—that turnstiles. what they're called? No, yeah, those the, zip the ropes rope yeah. thing. It, yeah, it is insane. And we have one guy who's like a customer. He doesn't work for them. And he's like, yeah, well, so step one, it shows you, see the rules, step one, you got to do this, this. So you have to get in that line right there, which is the end of the longest line. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not, we don't need boarding passes. We don't need to check back. We're done. We just need to drop the bags off. Does anybody know where the bag drop is? Finally, I hear some lady walking through just yelling at people. If you've already prepaid to check your bags, you got to go over there. So, and then... We start walking that way, and another employee, another United employee, says, all of the, all of the machines are down. You have to get in line. All Oof. the machines are down. You have to get in line. So I'm like, fuck that. So I walk over to where all the machines are down. You have to, you know, and there's one that's working. <laughs> so I went in, put it. darks, like, try to do all four because it's all in the same confirmation number. So I, I put in our confirmation number, select all. Bam, it prints out all of our things. You know, we bring the bags over. The lady's like, "I'll put them on for you. Just bring me the bags." The next person comes over. The machine doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Wow, guns! So literally, the one luck right there.
0: One of the ten machines that was just happened to work for me. I printed out all of our shit. Yeah, (laughs) that's so lucky. So then we walk to security though, and security line is Mm -hmm. fucking long as hell.
1: So. I mean, pretty big, pretty big, famous convention, right? This yeah. is probably one of their and a lot of people gets, yeah. bail first thing in the morning yep, of on course. Saturday. So yeah, you're just dealing with the peak time of that. So yeah.
0: we got to the gate at uh, like five twenty eight, something like that. They'd already started yep. pre boarding the pre whatever that is. Like George Carlin said, "What the hell is pre boarding? You get on before you get on." <laughs> But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, they had started that, but we were, we were there in plenty of time. If we had to stand in that big, long line, we all missed our flights. And I imagine a lot of people missed their flights. Wow. Our flight was pretty damn full, though, so who the hell knows. And on the way back, we flew through Denver, and that was another cluster F, because when we got off the plane, we landed at 8.55 Denver time, and our uh, second leg flight left at 9.40, you have 45 minutes, but it was in the same terminals.
1: So we were yeah, like, okay, that's cool. That's a huge airport, too.
0: Huge airport. Well, when we landed, I got a text that said your, your flight has been changed to terminal. We were at A something. It was B, like, 44. So I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Two minutes later, we got a, a thing that said your flight's been delayed 20 minutes, too. So, and it's a huge airport. So, I'm going down, and there's, like, multiple of those walkways that move for you, yep. but you also walk. It's yep. almost like you're running. So, I went through that, you know, like, several of those, and I'm, like, hustling. The guys that get off the plane, there's, like, a 20-minute delay. They're, like, all right, we're going to go to the bathroom, and I'm, like, no, I'm going by myself. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, you guys do that? Plus, I, like, I'm a bigger guy. Those guys can all speed walk. They're all skinny and, you know, in much better shape than I am. So, I'm, like, yeah, you guys go to the bathroom. We'll probably get there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the case. I got there way before they did, but um see so yeah, I hustled my way down, get there, and then realize there's there it's confusing because there's a sign that says like gates B and C to the right and then tram to it says exit oh, yeah. Yeah. and then tram to B and C to the left. And I'm like shit. Well if I go to the right, I'm gonna have to keep walking like this. If I go to the left, do I have to exit and then go back in through security? Yeah. Like, so, and I couldn't find, the place was a mob scene, too. There's a billion people in there. And I'm like, fuck, do I, I can't find anyone to ask, but I don't want to, I feel like I'm fucking myself if I go out and then have to go back in through security. Fortunately, I didn't. So I I got on the tram, went down to B, no security to deal with, and then got to the gate. And fortunately, when I got to the gate, they still hadn't even started boarding. Mm. So I actually, we got to that gate sooner than we did the first flight. But it looked like we were going to be late. Had they not, had we not had the twenty-minute delay, we they would have been pushing it. Mm-hmm. I probably would have got there, and they would have we'd have had to hold the plane yeah, for them.
1: I, the I think. Thing. But just glad to be home. Glad to be home. <laughs> I hate traveling in like that, a <laughs> long holy shit! Week. Um, it's been a long time since I've had any friggin' uh, layovers like that, and yeah, not fun. Um, but what we
0: ended up doing, I don't know how I got into the airport shit, but on Friday. So bricks wanted to do a couple things. So he's like, one thing I want to do. I've always watched the show. I want to go see the Pawn Stars.
1: Yeah.
0: It said that they closed at five, even though I'll, I'll show you the picture after. It says open twenty four hours, mm-hmm. but they close at five. So we went there. We took a picture in front of it. You know, saw his big billboard and whatever. Looked inside through the door. It's like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Yep. Saw it. That's it. <laughs> but I, so I, I planned it. So I booked the Uber. You can book an Uber ride with stops. -hmm. So I booked it to go to the Circa Hotel. I'm not a hotel, the Circa Casino. Because that's where we were going to try to go to another cigar bar. Um, We were like, let's get some food and then we'll head up to the cigar bar. It's a rooftop cigar bar. Nice. So we get food. uh, It was called like Victory Burger. Pretty cool.
1: Good food, whatever. Let's see, you've had steakhouse, Brazilian steakhouse burger. (laughs) Yeah.
0: A lot of red meat. A lot of red meat. That's. Dude, uh, this could be a separate topic for another time, but I'm thinking I'm going to do the carnivore diet. So, (laughs) okay, but we get so we
1: get. Don't (laughs) don't tell a cardiologist you're going to do that.
0: Well, it depends on what cardiologist you talk to, (laughs) but there are some that are okay with it. There are some that aren't, and it all. I guess it breaks down to like the good cholesterol versus the bad Mm -hmm. cholesterol, and you know what you're hereditary hereditarily at risk for. Again, another conversation for another day. Uh, So we eat at the Circa, we go, now Derek's with us for this, for Friday night, because we're done. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, don't be an idiot, and miss your flight at this point. Derek may have had some drinks at the hotel (laughs) before we left. So we get there, ate, went over the bar. We had just missed, they were telling us a story of one of the bars was very much hitting on Derek, the bartender. I guess he went over there, and I guess the bartender had asked, "How are you?" But Derek was ready with his drink order, so he gave his drink order, and the guy's like, "Okay, fine. Don't ask me how I am." And he's like, "Sorry, I was just excited to order my drink. How are you?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, don't act like you care now."
1: So he's getting out of it sass from the bartender. What kind of beer are you drinking? Out? Were you drinking light beer? Are you drinking some of the hazies?
0: Didn't have really any hazies. I anywhere. Was
1: I, I don't really think Vegas is known for craft breweries. I think no. they're known for other known for other things. So. Yeah,
0: no, no. The hotel uh, it was a local. They only called it local IPA. They didn't say who it was local to. So then after that, we were like, all right, let's go up to this cigar bar. So Callie used to live in Vegas, so she's the one that told us about it. She said it's brand new. She said it's like up up there. It's it's cool as hell. Whatever. So we're like, all right, let's go up. So we get over there, and there's a big sign. That says, uh, We want you to look your best when you come up and, in, and enjoy our, you know, the whole scene up there or whatever. And then it has a list of prohibitions of what you can't wear. So it was chilly. And one of my customers had come through the booth with like 20 models and he gave us hats and hoodies mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So two of us, not me, two of the guys are wearing. That customer, Pro Motorsports in Phoenix, that customer's hoodie. And so you can't go upstairs with hoodies. And they're like, well, if we take them off, we just have like a four-place shirt underneath. But on the back, it has it says no graphic designs. Mm -hmm. But it had like the picture of a wheel and a truck. So that was out. Plus, I I was done. My feet were done. So I went out with cargo shorts, Mm -hmm. a collared shirt, and flip-flops. And because I had flip-flops, that also was a no-no. No no open foot. Wow. So yeah. Now the group that was ahead of us, I'm like, they're not gonna let us in. They're not gonna let us in. They look like they were coming from a fucking prom. <laughs> like suits, jackets, ties, cocktail dresses on the women. Like it was I was like, they ain't gonna let us in looking like this, man. We we look like we look homeless compared <laughs> to those people. <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> that was our, our last night, and they were like, Yeah, we're unfortunately Yeah. You're not meeting our, yeah. our dress code, yeah. so uh, we ended up going over to Fremont Street after that. Our dad walking is not going over to. We left the hotel and walked onto Fremont Street. Um, you know that big you see it on TV or, or in movies and stuff. That big like it's like a the water fountain semi dome roof, oh. Oh, but okay. they just project shit off the roof. Okay, and it's a big long street. So, um, I think that it used to be where it used to be called the Golden Nugget. Casino is now they called it like the Golden something else, Golden Gate Casino. But it was in that area, and we walked out there, and there are just people drunk, and <laughs> that's where you see all the, the girls walking around with the big. They look like fucking what are the what are the pe- peacock? peacock? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the big peacock looking fucking feather things that they have on, and you know all the drag right. queens everywhere. It was just a shit show. Yeah, outside outside on that street, and, and then there's like like bars lining the street, but they're like, you can walk right up to the building and the bar's outside. Okay. You can order them from right outside. It's, it's just crazy. It smelled like weed and cigarettes everywhere. And we were only in there for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I got to get out of here. I don't think, I still think I have that filth on me. And I've showered twice since. So. Vegas filth. <laughs> yeah, Just that Freedmont Street, man. Like that whole, that, mm. that was not my scene, man. So we ended up leaving there. We're just like, you know what? Instead of trying to go somewhere else, let's just get a, go back, get three, four hours sleep, and get mm-hmm. on the plane. Yeah, it's nice to get home yesterday, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think you texted me. What, uh, what, what time did you get in?
0: Got, physically got home at 5.30. Okay. I think the yeah. plane landed at, like, 3.30, and then we had to get our shit, and then I dropped off bricks, and then came home.
1: Yeah, he texted me about 7.30, like, yeah. To crash,
0: I'm about to go to bed, <laughs> but what are we doing tomorrow? Yep, falling, talking to Megan, falling asleep on the couch. Yep. She's like, Why don't you just go to bed? Yeah, because it's like eight o'clock or 7 30, quarter so, of eight, enjoy your yeah. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. She's like, If you don't and you stay up late, you're gonna feel like crap tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, you're probably right. So
1: here we are. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was a halfway, I mean, it was a pretty busy weekend. Uh, I think I was telling you too, I was gonna take it easy today, but uh, we had a uh, one of our local... I think we've talked about it. Pie Road, the meadery. Yeah. Well, they get some good... Um, they will get some good out-of-state beer. And they actually were able to get a hands-on some Trillium. Oh, shit. So, actually, next weekend, when I'm back down here, uh, we'll do the... Um, I'll bring some of those cans down. Couldn't get too many, but... Uh, uh, I forgot what like it was like the Trillium Citra or something like that. So, I had a few of those Thursday night. Got some cans to go. Um Friday night, we actually end up going to a beer fest. It's kind of like a fundraiser type thing, um, right by our house. Old McMickey's Farm hosts it, yes. and it's for um, you know veterans. They have actually Purple Hearts. Uh, they honor Purple Heart fam- and Gold Star families there. So you know, do that the silent auction thing with a bunch of sports and music uh, memorabilia. But uh, one of our previous guests, Austin, actually won the Home Brewers Award. So I'm actually sporting his. Uh, his uh, shirt right now. Oh, nice. Gulf, Gulf Pine Brewing, but yeah, Austin. His, his Odessa Red uh, won won the best uh, homebrewers award, which nice. is good. Uh, but yeah, he had some hazies, uh, or he had a, a hazy, a, a stout, a sour, and then um, yeah, his red. So cool. But yeah, that was a, another busy night, and yesterday we actually did some brewery hopping over in Tarpon Springs for one of our friend's birthdays as well. So it was kind of a, a jam-packed weekend, but on the heels of Halloween, I want to ask you this question. One of the breweries we went to, in their stouts around Halloween, they'll do candy bar, candy-flavored stouts. Hmm. So when we got there, they had the Twix on tap. There was not much left. I mean, so this was... What, November 4th, give this, or take? Is this the same brewery that does like the Girl Scout cookie show? No, that's no? a different one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they had Twix flavored. Oh, that's your jam right there. And it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, Twix is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> kick that can or kick that keg. And then the next keg they threw on was um, M&M peanut flavored. Okay. Which was freaking awesome but again I don't know I don't know about you I can have like a little bit of one once you get into a full pint it's a little too sweet but yeah that would be a sampler yeah. for me and then uh, the one they had I think they I didn't even get a chance to try it but it was Heath Bar was the next one that was going to be on there and I think like I said they were just rotating whatever was left in the kegs uh, gotcha. you know until they were out and I think we I think our group there kicked whatever was left <laughs>
0: finished it all uh,
1: and they, I think they had a Jolly Rancher Sour too like a Blue Raspberry Jolly Rancher Sour gross so. But what what are your thoughts on that, like the the flavored beers like that? You mentioned the, the Girl Scout flavored, I think you called it shit. <laughs> yeah. So. No,
0: I was okay with, uh, what was the name of that brewery that did that? That
1: was Crooked Thumb.
0: Crooked Thumb, yeah. We went there, I think we did that a couple of years, right? Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I was just more, I don't know, shit. I, was just, <laughs> I, I don't word things properly sometimes. But no, I don't have a problem with that, especially with stouts. Like if it's chocolatey with whatever, I think yep. that goes great with stouts because yep. that's part of what it tastes like already you know yeah. although i'm the opposite if you talk about like ipas i want it to be all hop flavor i don't want you to add orange to it mm-hmm. like i want the hops to make it taste that way but when it comes to stouts and porters i'm I'm game oh cool.
1: well we can be doing some brewery hopping next weekend that's
0: what i that's what i hear <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the plans are i know you yeah. i know they're coming down and i know you're where everybody's in sarasota so looking forward to it and we gotta we'll have some good episodes on with all that too.
1: Yep some mass holes joining the Rando banter podcast. <laughs> on that note, see you next week.
0: I word things imporally. imporly.
1: See, I can't talk. They had good acorns last year. <laughs> Depends on, um, you know, if the deer, if it's their mating season, which is called the rut. So, the rut? The rut, yep. So that's when bucks will be fighting each other for, you know, the, the ability to mate with the, the does that are the out there. The bucks
0: are fighting. To-